0: Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode for you guys. This week's episode is part two of a two-part series that I did with Samantha Faye. And Samantha Fay is a psychic medium. She is the host of two of my favorite podcasts. Uh, one of them, which happens to be Psychic Teachers, and the other one is Enlightened Empaths. She is also super, super knowledgeable when it comes to crystals and all things metaphysical. She's also really great at helping people to understand and discover their own intuition and how to work with it. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that we started on the sign Aries and ended with Libra. In this week's episode, we're going to be covering the sign Scorpio all the way through Pisces. I had so much fun sitting down and talking with Samantha about the perfect crystals for each zodiac sign. It was a lot of fun. She is so sweet and so knowledgeable. And yeah, I have to admit, though, I was really nervous going into this because, you know, I always say that, you know, I'm a Virgo and I talk a lot and, you know, I'm a great talker. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I don't really benefit a lot from journaling because I don't know what it is, but journaling just is really difficult for me. However, if I'm like upset, like I would much rather talk about my problems. There's something that resonates more with me where like, you know, if I talk to someone about all the crazy stuff going on in my head, then, you know, I'm much more able to understand it. Whereas like journaling, I just feel silly. And so, yeah, I always talk about how like I'm a talker and that's why I do a podcast. And so, I was really nervous going into this interview and just starting to do these interviews and. Especially doing one with someone who I really kind of look up to and admire because I know that like I have this habit to be super chatty and I talk too much and I interrupt people, which I didn't even know that I was doing that for a really long time, like for years, like I was constantly like interrupting people when they were talking and I had no idea I was doing it up until like I met my fiance and he like called me out on. He's like, you do that all the time. And so, in recent years, I've tried really hard to be more mindful of it. But like I said, I'm not always aware that I'm doing stuff like that. And so, being a podcast host and having guests on my show and interviewing people, you know, obviously, I don't want to be rude to my guests and interrupt them or anything. So, I had a little bit of anxiety going into this because I'm like, oh, my God, what if I interrupt her, which it totally did happen a little bit here and there completely unintentional. It's just like I'll be talking to someone and especially when it's someone like Samantha Faye who like knows a lot about things that I'm interested in, you know, someone might say something and I'll like just immediately think of something and I'll be like, "Oh, I got to say this." And I just blurt it out and I don't even realize sometimes cuz I just get too excited. And so, I was really nervous <laughs> going into this interview. I'm like, "Oh my god, I hope she doesn't think I'm like super rude or, you know, whatever." And so, it definitely happened a little bit. Um, I think on this audio track, it sounds worse in some instances because I think something happened when I mixed down the audio Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to undo it. So, it's just all in like one track and I couldn't really fix it without it sounding weird. So, it kind of just is what it is. But you know what? I'm just, I'm going to own up to it and we're going to just roll with it. But yeah, I was really nervous. Overall, though, I think the interview went really well. And um, I'm super excited. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I totally look forward to doing more interviews with other people in the future and really working on like my listening skills and being mindful and in the present moment when I'm having like conversations with people. And it's interesting with podcasting, just all the different people that I've been able to meet and all the lessons that I'm learning and just, you know, this whole podcasting thing, it's such a learning curve. So anyways, that's my my rant, I guess, for this episode. Hopefully, maybe some of you can relate to my talking slash interviewing anxiety that I have. So anyway, yeah, so without further ado, let's get into this week's episode and talk all about the perfect crystals for your zodiac sign. So those are your Libra crystals.
1: Yes. Now we move to the yes American Scorpios. So the whole Scorpio.
0: reason I actually started getting into astrology. Um, Cause you know, I, I was like 15 or 16 when I started getting into astrology and um, I, all throughout high school, I had this, well, I dated a Scorpio and that was kind of a nightmare to be honest. Um, and then I, had a crush all throughout high school on this kid that I was friends with who was a Scorpio. Um, And so they're a very complicated sign. Um, They're very secretive. They, on a negative aspect, they tend to be manipulative. Um, But obviously not all Scorpios are manipulative. Um, It's just kind of their shadow side. They tend to not trust others easily. They're very, um, they're a water sign. So they're very emotional. Um, They don't always like to show their emotions to people though. They, put on a really strong front because they don't want to be perceived as being weak or unable to handle things. They're a fixed sign. So like Taurus, their opposite sign, they're very stubborn. If they feel wronged in a situation, they tend to get very um, revenge crazy. Like they will seek out revenge. They do tend to see things beneath the surface. Like they're human lie detectors. Like you can't lie to a Scorpio. They're very intuitive in that way. So if you try to lie to a Scorpio, like, they they spot bullshit from a mile away, basically. They will know, like, immediately, like, if you're lying to them, and they will totally call you out on it, like, you'll know. And um, they tend to have a very intense stare. My grandfather was a Scorpio, and my mom would always tell me these stories about how You know, when she was a little kid, if her and her siblings, you know, were acting out of line or anything, all her dad had to do was just look at her. And she just knew, like, okay, time to time to be quiet. Time to sit and behave um, because he just had that strong Scorpio stare. I was
1: married to a Scorpio for 20 years who was a police officer and he had the highest arrest record every year because and he also had the highest record for flipping informants. You know, oh, uh, yeah, like arrestees into informants, and I know it's because of that wonderful intuition, but also because of that stare. Yeah, you just know <laughs> you yep. knew what was going on, they're very intense. Um, so for that reason, for Scorpios, I recommend twin crystals, these are also getting easier to find. You can get them in any, doesn't have to be a big twin, but like if, for example if you go into like a fun little new agey shop they might have a small basket of clear crystals look through that basket cuz you might find a twin crystal and get it really inexpensively a twin crystal is any clear quartz where it's two stones okay. growing together so they're twins. Oh, they're, they're so also cute. called I love that. <laughs> Now, why do I recommend this for Scorpios and not Gemini's? I mean, I think I have a lot of twin crystals, so they're great for any sign. But for Scorpios who are so secretive, and they tend to keep a lot of things to themselves, and they don't let a lot of people in, they have trust issues, twin crystals help you to open up and reach out to other people, to find your soulmate, to focus on love. So that's why I recommend it for Scorpios. Uh, Dioptase, also not as easy to find, but Really, really well worth the search. is great. This stone helps to heal inner child stuff. It releases secretiveness and the need for secretiveness. It enhances humility, which I think some Scorpios need, and it helps to reduce judgment. Um, I'd also recommend Labradorite. I just love this stone. If I always think about like the (laughs) first people thousands of years ago who found Labradorite, because if you look at it, it looks kind of ugly. It's gray and gray and that's it but the the minute the light hits it it looks like the aurora borealis lights it's got this beautiful luminescent blue that comes through it it's just gorgeous and did you know you can buy really now made out of labrador i love that yes i think that would be Really neat. But anyway, so Labradorite helps you get in touch with your mystical, magical side. And Scorpios, because of that innate intuition, they definitely have that. And working with Labradorite will help to strengthen that. It's also a great stone for anyone who's empathic because Labradorite helps to protect your energy while helping you stay open to the positive emotions coming to you from other people. But it will protect you from the negative emotions of other people. Because Scorpios are so good in bed and so sexual and sensual and and just sensuous and passionate, Garnet or Ruby again would be good for them. As would Malachite. Malachite with that tough, hard, in-your-face energy would really resonate with a Scorpio. Perfect.
0: I love that. Yeah. No, I could definitely see how a lot of those would be really good for Scorpios. They just—they have so much going on with them. <laughs> like, I feel like they just—they need all the. All the things I can get. <laughs> okay, so let's <laughs> jump into Sagittarius, I guess. Um, oh, my God. I'm, that like, so good. tired. I was up, like, all night last night, and it's, like, just now starting to, like, catch up to me. Yeah, so Sagittarius is a fire sign. They're very optimistic. They're philosophical. They're the teacher or the guru of the zodiac. Um they're all about like higher learning. So whereas like Gemini, I think it was like a little kid that's like, you know, just wants to know the basics of like, oh, how does this work? And how does this function? And, you know, ask all those like questions about just the things around them. I feel like Sagittarius takes it a step further and asks like the deeper questions and the more like, you know, philosophical questions. They're extremely blunt and straightforward. They tend to be very preachy they have, um, so they sometimes can have foot and mouth syndrome, especially if you're a person who has Mercury in Sagittarius. They generally tend to see the big picture, unlike a sign like Virgo, which gets more focused on like the small details. They always want things to be bigger and better because they're ruled by Jupiter, and Jupiter is all about expansion. They're a very detached sign. They're not so emotional and entangled in things in that way. They're they're kind of like they're very free spirited. And they're like the nomads of the Zodiac. They love to travel. They don't like to be in one place for too long. It can be really difficult for them to settle down um, because they have that free-spirited quality about them. Some people say that, like, as they get older and they mature, they might be more likely to, like, get married and have kids and, you know, settle down. And um, But it, every Sagittarius is different, um, and we all have different things in our chart that can influence those things. Um, they're also known to be really lucky and successful in a lot of things they, that they do because they have such an optimistic outlook on life generally and because they're ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of, like, good fortune and luck and happiness and expansion. So they almost have this, like, cosmic blessing upon them that allows them to be lucky in pretty much everything that they do. So they're actually – there's kind of, like, a joke about Sagittarius as being really good at – um basically just you know they might dive into something and everyone would look at them be like there's no way you're going to get away with that and then they do because they're just lucky Um, a lot of famous people are Sagittarius um, suns or Sagittarius ascendants or have some sort of Sagittarius Jupiter influence in their chart and so yeah those are your Sagittarius traits well one of the stones
1: I'd recommend for Sages is, is called chiarite. Now I've heard it pronounced a lot of different ways, so I'm just going to spell it. It's C H A R O I T E. It is only found in Siberia, which I think is pretty cool. If you think about what it takes to grow and flourish in Siberia, you'll get an an inkling of what chiarite can do for you. It's this beautiful purple stone, marbled with black lines, and so what it does is it helps you to balance any harshness in your life or any harshness in your energy with this beautiful purple spiritual nature and it awakens you to unconditional love. I think Sagittarians can be kind of hard on others and hard on themselves and just kind of like you were saying that foot and mouth disease where they just kind of say things. Um, This beautiful purple black stone helps to soften that Smoky quartz, I think, would be also great for SAG people because smoky quartz helps to absorb any negativity or judgment or anger or sadness or intensity in yourself. Smoky quartz is, it it looks like clear quartz filled with smoke. So it's got this cloudy gray energy to it. And it's often overlooked as a stone because it's not one of the prettier ones. However, I really think everyone should have smoky quartz. It absorbs any negativity within you. So think about at the end of the day, if you've had like a crappy day at work or you've had to deal with yucky customers or clients or patients, just holding a smoky quartz and just visualizing all that gunk and funk going into that stone, It that's what it will do for you. So it's a powerful stone for self-protection. Moss agate I think would be good for sages as well because moss agate helps you to ground your big ideas into reality and then grow them with success. And then finally sodalite I think would be really good for sages because sodalite is called the stone of endurance. For people who have big ideas and big goals and really want to see them to fruition, sodalite will help you to do that. And it's also Like some of the other ones we've mentioned, very easy to find and fairly inexpensive. It's this lovely blue stone that's marbled with white. And so it also is a throat chakra stone. So it helps you to speak your truth and give voice to your big dreams. Actually, Sodalite is
0: another one that I personally really like. I have a a necklace um, that I wear to work sometimes that has Sodalite on it because. Um, I'm a manager, so I have a lot of stuff that I need to do and a lot of tasks that I need to get out there. And so I I find that when I wear my soda light uh, necklace, um, I just, for some reason, I'm just much more able to like, just get everything done and, you know, delegate and just get all the the work done that needs to be done. (laughs) Yeah. It's great for that. So moving on to Capricorn is a sign that is ruled by Saturn. So, It's actually funny, I just noticed this, that Capricorn comes after Sagittarius because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is all about expansion and abundance and joy. And then you have Capricorn right after that, which is ruled by Saturn, which is, in my mind, almost like the opposite of Jupiter, um, where Saturn is all about restriction and boundaries and authorities and um, just, you know, like... What's the line like? What are your rules? It's all about like structure, um, which is so totally different from Sagittarius and their energy. And so Sagitt, uh, sorry, Capricorn. (laughs) That's the opposite sign of Cancer. So this is more like the father archetype. Um, They're a little bit more like tough love, whereas Cancers are kind of you know they're the mom that's like oh like it's okay you had a bad day like let me just give you a hug and blah blah blah. Whereas I feel like Capricorns are more to be like toughen up, you're fine, stick it out. Like they, they just have that more tough love sort of mentality. Um, they also have a tendency to be workaholics. Um, they are very big on work and projects. And I know for me personally, like I'm a Capricorn moon, so like having a project or some sort of goal to work towards makes me really happy. Like I get excited, like planning out, like all the details of how I'm going to execute something and then actually reaching that goal. And it's like, it's, like, it's so rewarding. Um, so they're very goal oriented. They also tend to be very money driven. This is definitely a sign. Um, Capricorn's an earth sign. So earth is generally associated with material things. And so, um, Capricorns are very money driven. I actually have a friend who has their Venus and Capricorn. And one of my other friends asked them like, oh, what's, what do you love the most in this world or something like that? And he just answered money. <laughs> like all he wants is money. And I was like, oh, okay um and they're also very practical like Virgo um they're very crafty I also even though I say that Capricorns are like the dads of the Zodiac I also kind of associate them with almost being like little grandmas like a lot of Capricorns I know just they're so funny um they're very like they have a very crafty side to them like a lot of Capricorns that I know like love to knit or bake um, I have a Capricorn friend who does all these, like, 3D puzzles, which is something I've never even heard of until I met her and I saw all these 3D puzzles at her house. Um, and she loves Disney and she loves to sing. And um, I think because Capricorns feel so restricted, they really like to have some sort of creative um, outlet. And so I think that's kind of how they balance themselves. They also are really funny, and I feel like a and. um I'm stumbling over my words. (laughs) A lot of Capricorns, um, they're really funny. And a lot of people don't talk about that. They have a very dry, very dark sense of humor. And, you know, they're very sarcastic. Like they're one of those signs that like you could just be hanging out and they'll just kind of make a comment. And then like it'll take a minute to like resonate with you or hit you. And then you get it. And like everyone just bursts out laughing at, you know, whatever it was that they said. Um, So those are your Capricorn traits.
1: Okay, great. Well, I would recommend for Capricorn's night, it's spelled P-R-E-H-N-I-T-E. It's, a, it's called the Heal the Healer Stone. So it's also a great stone for anyone who works in the healing professions, nurses, doctors, massage therapists, cranial sacral workers, chiropractors, anyone in the healing professions, because it reminds you that you are worthy of being healed as well. Pray night works really well in grids to promote healing and peace. It's also a stone of prophecy and helps to aid dream recall. So because Capricorns have that kind of edge to their energy where they have to be kind of the in-charge dad and a little preachy, pray night softens that, as does rhodochrosite. Rhodochrosite is this beautiful pink stone that just looks like if you took pink and white paint and, and did the marbling effect on it, that's what rhodochrosite looks like. And it helps you to grow and flourish in love for yourself, for others. It eliminates judgment. It helps you to work through heartache and forgiveness, bitterness, resentments. And I'd also recommend Apache Tear. This is a form of obsidian. It's It's got this beautiful see-through quality to it when held up to the light, so it looks like a tear. And the legend that goes along with Apache Tear is that whoever holds it will grieve no more. So it really helps to release and let go of things. Lapis, which is traditionally recommended for Sagittarius, I think is great for Capricorns because it really helps them to get that mystical, magical quality back into their life. And it helps you to really awaken to not only dream recall, as you mentioned before, Whitney, but but also to awakening your third eye. So it helps you to see above yes. your I've own I've actually noticed too,
0: like if I try to meditate with lapis, it's like, especially if I'm dealing with something that I'm uncertain of, I feel like lapis definitely gets me to sort of like cut through all the like, you know, different things going through my mind. And just gives me that very clear, like, okay, this is what you need to do. And there's no um, second guessing it really. Right it's it's a very powerful
1: story right. we okay, actually so where yeah. are we now Pisces yep. Aquarius and then we're, Pisces. no we're and Aquarius
0: then, yeah so Aquarius um this is my rising sign and this was another thing that sort of kind of got me into astrology because um you know right around the time I found out I had different placements the first thing I started researching was Aquarius as my rising sign And so it was at that point where I was like, oh, like that is so mean. I I used to, I resonated a lot more with my Aquarius rising than my Virgo sun back then. Um, Although now I'd say it's probably the opposite for me. But um, Aquarius is, they're known as, known for being like kind of the weird, weirdos of like the Zodiac. Um, They're very quirky and unconventional. They're very independent. Um, They're very avant-garde. They are the black sheeps or the loners of the Zodiac. They're very emotionally detached, like they're very logical. And so it's very easy, I feel like, for them to kind of put their emotions into boxes and to kind of just store them away or not deal with them. I mean, obviously, they are emotional, like they still have feelings. And this can also vary depending on other things in your chart or what your moon sign is. But Aquarius, um, they just tend to be very emotionally detached detached like they have feelings but they're able to kind of just cut people off or cut off situations and just completely detach themselves from whatever it is that's going on um they really love society at large and that's part of their humanitarian side like they really care about people and um like you know they they're similar to libra where they'll really get big behind like different political movements or things that are going on they like to be very up to date with like current events and stuff like that um but they tend to struggle a little bit i think when it comes to one-on-one relationships because they have that detached side of them so they're interesting like that um they're also they they're very future-minded they love technology and new advances um And like I said, they can be very political. They also tend to be the rebels of the Zodiac. So if if you tell an Aquarius to do one thing because they're so independent and like to think for themselves, they might go and do the complete opposite just because, and this is kind of detrimental um, for Aquariuses, but, you know, we really like to see and believe things and have our own like experiences. We don't always like to just, you know, buy into that herd mentality and believe whatever it is that anyone's telling us. Um, So Aquarius can also be very skeptical in that way. They're also very intelligent and well-rounded because they're an air sign. Um, And so because of that, they also tend to be know-it-alls. So what crystals would be good for Aquarius people?
1: Well, because they have that kind of weird otherworldly energy, the first stone that I thought of was Moldavite which is this beautiful stone for anyone who doesn't really feel at home in Earth. Moldavite can be really expensive and difficult to find. So the other stone I would recommend that's similar is Tektite, which is meteoric glass that is found landing from outer space. It helps you see to the heart of a situation. It's very protective, and it strengthens your aura. I would also recommend any grounding stone, like black tourmaline or hematite, for an Aquarius as well, because they need to really ground their energy into the earth. Hematite has that lovely reflective quality to its black, shiny surface. A lot of the um, soldiers in the ancient Roman Empire days would have shields made out of hematite because it was said to deflect and protect them in battle. So hematite is very, very protective, and it's super easy and inexpensive to purchase and work with. And labradorite, I think we already mentioned for some of the other signs, but because it has that mystical quality to it, it's a great stone. I would also recommend angelite. It is the stone of the angels. It's dis- it was originally discovered in Peru. Mm. It's becoming more easy to find now and is getting a little less expensive. Usually yeah. for like a small tumbled piece oh, wow. you'll spend about $15, yeah. which is kind of high for a small tumbled piece, but it's worth it. It strengthens your connection with your angels. It's very balancing. It puts up a gentle protective energy around your aura. It's also great for increasing telepathy. And if any students out there are listening who are struggling with math, oddly, wow. angelite is said Where to be. Where was that? When me. I was in college? So like, yeah.
0: <laughs> actually. Yeah. I know.
1: It Um, it promotes peaceful feelings and alleviates unnecessary. Which I think anger.
0: that's actually probably really good for Aquarius because they do have that um, sort of spiteful side to them. I know I struggle with that occasionally. Um Yeah, that's awesome. I actually, I don't think I've ever really seen angel light around too much, but.
1: Oh, Google it. It's, it's got this beautiful, it looks like, like a cloudless sunny day. You know, that sky blue color and it's got little, little striations of gold and white in it. So it, so it does look celestial. And if you can't find angel light, celestite is very, very similar in terms of what it does for you. It help, also helps connect with that peaceful energy. I love that. And I think
0: Aquarius too is like one of the signs that is kind of prone to being like psychic or intuitive, even though they are detached, but I feel like because they have that connection to society at large and they're so future, like forward thinking, I feel like they're easy, like much more easily able to kind of tap into that like collective unconscious sort of energy um yes so okay we're on the last sign which is pisces so pisces is it's the fish um they're very empathic a lot of the time they're very sensitive i would actually say that pisces is the most sensitive out of all the water signs only because um so when you look at scorpio or cancer for example you know, Scorpio is emotional, but they're they're able to protect themselves because they have their tail, like their scorpion sting. So if you hurt a Scorpio, you know they're gonna sting you right back. Whereas, you know, you look at Cancer, and then oh, sorry, let me backtrack. So then you would look at Cancer, and Cancer, you know, if you hurt a Cancer, they'll either go hide in their shell or they'll pinch you with with their crab claws. Um, so when you look at Pisces, Pisces is the two fish and they're, you know, they're just in water and they don't have anything to protect themselves from. And I think what's interesting too, is, you know, the fish being in water, water is generally symbolic of emotions and feelings and things like that. So they're constantly surrounded by this emotional energy. And so because of that, Pisces tend to be like emotional sponges. So... They just so easily pick up the feelings of the people around them. Um, they're the escapists of the Zodiacs. They're ruled by Neptune, which Neptune, they always say, is like the planet with like the rose-colored glasses. So it's all about dreams and illusions. And it can be really hard for Pisces to see things for what they truly are. And because they have these escapist tendencies, um, they can be really susceptible to drug abuse um, but sometimes it's not always drugs or alcohol. It could also be they might throw themselves into art. A lot of Pisces are really creative. Um, they tend to be artists, whether they're musicians or they draw or paint. Um, or it can also be spirituality. There's a lot of Pisces out there who are really spiritual and they might throw themselves into whatever their spiritual beliefs are. Or it could be a mix of all three. Um, so those are kind of like... That's the thing. So because Pisces are so emotional and so empathic, they use all these different methods to kind of I feel like it's to escape feeling their feelings, even though I think they're also very good at feeling their feelings. Um, I just think it gets to be too much for them sometimes and they just don't know how to deal with it. So they look for other outlets to sort of get away with all that. Right.
1: And sometimes that can lead to passive aggressive tendencies yeah. <laughs> or that martyrdom complex, which is why I recommend oh, really? Larimar for Pisces. It's also called the dolphin stone or blue pectolite. <laughs> it's considered one of the spiritual stones of the
0: new age. They're all spiritual.
1: I don't, think, I don't really like the term new age. I know. Um, but what Larimar will help you do is it, it helps you get back in touch with your true path. So if you have been escaping your true path, working with Laramar helps you to get back on course. It also removes any self-created or imagined blocks that you're experiencing on your path. And it helps to remove self-sabotaging behavior, especially that, you know, tendency right. to kind of play the victim sometimes. The Larimar looks like the ocean. If, if you look at a beautiful polished piece, it looks like the ocean. So it helps you to go yeah. with the flow. Um, also, I'd recommend Aquamarine just because it's Aquamarine is right. aqua, so it's connected to water. And it's, it's great for Pisces who have that water energy. Aquamarine is also very, very protective. And Amethyst is a wonderful stone for Pisces. It Actually, the the Greek word for amethyst, which I think is like amethystos, means sober. So the ancient Greeks, for example, they would pour wine into goblets made out of amethyst because they believed it would help you stay sober. I don't think, (laughs) I think crystals can do a lot of stuff, but I think if you're down in four glasses of wine, it's not going to stop that. But it does does help promote sober-like thinking, and it helps you to stay on course with your spiritual path. It's a... It's often called the all healer because it just helps to align your chakras, open up your crown chakra, and help you get in touch with what your faith truly is. A lot of Pisceans tend to escape from their reality because they don't know what their true faith is. They don't really know what they believe or who they believe in. And working with amethyst helps with that. Um, I think also smoky quartz again, would be good for Pisces because they do tend to get locked in their own emotional energy. And finally, fluorite would also be a good stone for Pisces because it helps them to stay concentrated and focus on what they're really supposed to be working on and to assimilate some of the higher messages coming to them about their path and their purpose. That's so
0: interesting, actually, that you mentioned um, amethyst being really good for Pisces, only because I was just thinking about how like, I'm a Virgo and I have some amethyst, but... Um, it was actually funny. So one of my really good friends, um, he's moving to Florida and he gave me his he has a uh, necklace with a piece of amethyst on it, and he wanted me to have it. And so I wore it for a couple of days and I like I felt so ungrounded and anxious, and it took me like a couple of days to realize, like, oh yeah, I've been wearing this crystal around my neck, <laughs> and like also realizing like I didn't really cleanse it or anything either, so maybe that was part of it too. <laughs> and so I just think it's funny, like me being a Virgo and like the opposite sign of Pisces and finding like, you know, I don't really know if this stone resonates with me. (laughs)
1: Like. uh, That's so neat. It's, it's just, we will always know if a stone is meant for us or not. And I think it's important to learn to pay attention to that. So yes, I do think we can buy stones online, but especially for people who are newer to crystals, I really recommend searching up metaphysical stores or crystal stores in your area and if you don't have any, just whenever you're on vacation, just Google metaphysical stores in whatever town you're visiting or crystal stores and just get into the habit of looking at these stones in person and holding them and seeing yes, which I actually, ones are calling I to love
0: you. that. I never never even would have thought of that. That's such a good idea for like, you know, when you're on vacation or something and that's such a good idea. Um, I know for me personally, like what I did for a long time is I would go into metaphysical shops and I would... I wouldn't read like any of the descriptions or the names of anything right away. I would just kind of look and see what they had. And I would just pick out things that I thought were pretty or that I was drawn to. And then I always thought it was fun because I'd pick them out and then I'd go back and then read what their meaning was later and be like, oh, yeah, I did need that. Or like, you know, that is something I need to work on. Isn't that so cool?
1: I know. I love that. I love the way they work with us in that in that way. That's why like whenever um. I only do phone readings now, but I used to have an office, and when people would come to see me, I'd at the end of the reading, I'd have a bag of of crystals in a drawstring closed bag, and I'd say close your eyes and pick a crystal. And I'd fill it with different stones every day. And each time the client would choose the one crystal that we had just talked right. that was like the that main so theme cool. of the reading.
0: I actually um it's so so deep p- the way that works. This is kind of funny. So because in on your podcast psychic teachers were right, You know, I know one of the things you guys recommend for people that want to, you know, develop their intuition or become psychic or anything like that, um, you guys always say that, like, you know, oh, go to an intuitive development class. Well, so I tried to do that a few months ago. I, like, Googled, like, intuitive development classes in Maine. And, of course, like, there was, like, nothing going on because it's Maine and, like, there really isn't a lot of people up here. And, like, I mean, maybe if you live in, like, southern Maine, you might find more stuff because it's a little more populated down there. But up here in central Maine, I was like, there was like nothing going on or something was going on. It happened like last year or something. And so there's a metaphysical shop about 20 minutes from me that I love to go to. They have like such a good um, crystal selection. I always just feel so happy. Like when I go in there and they were doing an intuitive um, development workshop. And so as soon as I saw that, I think they told me I was like the first one who signed up. Cause I called them like that day to like sign up for it. And on the first night that we were there, um, one of the first exercises that the instructor had us do was we all got to pick a box and then we all had to like guess what was inside of it. And so then we all guess and, you know, go through all that. And so we all open it and we all got um, pendulums, but all the pendulums were different crystals. And so mine ended up being howlite, which was a stone that like I had never been drawn to. And so I thought it was interesting that I, I chose this howlite um, pendulum, and so then I was reading about it. And I think isn't light It's like endurance and trying to like set goals or achieving your goals or something like that. Yes, yeah, and it's also great
1: for oh, dream and past life recall. And it's often dyed blue yes, I've, and I've sold about incorrectly that. as turquoise. That's to look out for. You need to email Denise in Maine because there's there are a lot of great intuitive classes up there from time oh, to time, really? like John Holland teaches there a lot and Lauren Rainbow does. Yeah, so it is. it can be hard depending on where you live to find good intuitive development classes or crystal classes.
0: I think sometimes we're guided to what we need. So real quick, do you just want to let everyone know where they can find you and how to connect with you and any maybe if you have any classes that are coming up or anything you want to promote?
1: Sure. So my website is my name, samanthafay.com. And my last name is like Tina Fay F-E-Y, no relation. <laughs> and um, all of my e-courses and upcoming webinars are on that website. You can also find more about us um, on Facebook at Psychic Teachers or Enlightened Empaths. And both of those podcasts are aired on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and iHeart. So you can find me in a lot of ways. I do have a very inexpensive beginner's crystal course. That's an e-course, so it's an instant download, and it just has basics of what are crystals, why do they work, um, what can I do with them. So it's got it's a really good basic beginner guide with a lot of exercises on how to create a grid and how to use grids, um, how to use crystals in your home, how to use them in meditation. So if someone's listening to this, going. I don't even know what she's talking about with rocks. They could check out that. It's it's under eCourses on my website, and it'll give nice. everybody a That's really good awesome. primer. Well,
0: thank you so much for taking the time to be here and to do this podcast episode with me today. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I learned so much about crystals from Samantha in this episode, and I hope you guys did too. Also, quick side note, sorry that ended a little bit abruptly. I had to cut out a lot of the ending because for some reason, the audio quality got so weird there, you couldn't hear anything. So, I had to just kind of cut it off because it really just didn't make any sense to leave it there. Unfortunately, that means that it ended kind of awkwardly. But there you go. As always, don't forget that you are so much more than your sun sign and be sure to rate this podcast if you enjoy it and yeah, go check out Samantha and all her wonderful things that she's offering. And lastly, thank you guys so much for listening. The fact that you guys take time out of your week every week to join me and my guests and to listen to what I have to say means the world to me. I am so grateful for every single one of you. I will catch you here next time on the Space Witch Podcast.